0: but that's not really the style he wants to play. And
1: I'm not looking for the best players, Craig. I'm looking for the right players. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep, yep, yep. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim
0: Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 23 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Our special guest this week is Shane Frederick, who still spend some time following minnesota state hockey i guess that's how i can describe it
3: i was covering games this weekend i was working hey, some
0: your twitter feed is how i followed say that again you wanted to see the cup again
3: yeah well i will. yeah of course yeah, yeah.
0: why not
3: it hasn't had to been shipped very far for quite a while has it it's pretty much been locked down in mankato for five years or four years mm-hmm. i guess yeah all you a-
4: had to do was split and, la- and the next weekend there would have been a chance
3: that would have been fun. Then I would have right? gotten to
0: see the presentation in person.
4: Also, well, you have decided to come this way. Yeah,
0: screw it. I'm going nice. Screw yeah. the women. I'm done with them. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> uh let's see. We'll recap the series with uh the series in Avig Laban. How'd I do?
4: That's pretty close, I think. Yeah. Previous Minnesota State
3: cried. series. What's that? <laughs> I said I've never even tried to pronounce it. That's very, that's very close. I believe yeah. that the
2: W is more pronounced. I believe it's a Wugleben, but Laban is also very close. So, and I Harrison says that he's still not completely sure. And the guy it's named after died, so he can no longer ask him.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it, it depends on if it's pronounced like the German, because it's just two German words stuff together. It's Avig and and Leben.
2: What other language is it
1: going to be? <laughs> Man,
4: with two words <laughs> stuck together like that? That's true.
1: <laughs> Did you guys all
4: see the video? Doesn't it mean of... like live forever? Uh, I'd have to look up what evig means. Well, but work does out. mean to live. it didn't work out for him?
2: Yeah. That didn't work out for him. Or else it would have, uh, would have been a the result knowing how the hell to pronounce that.
0: Uh, let's see. We'll we'll, pro- we'll touch on the uh, Joe Sean Hour, McNaughton Cup, I'm sure and I don't really know what else we'll talk about today. I'm sure we'll find something. All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be back to chat uh, about last week's games or Minnesota State. I don't know. We'll see where we go. Fibkey
2: Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the hodag. Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E, dental.com.
4: Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction, all things that could help northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net.
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
0: All right, welcome back. Let's get right into things. So... Uh, I guess we'll just start. We got Shane for a while here, but not the whole podcast. So,
3: yeah, however long. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll see. Um, I also don't need to go super long tonight. So, because even though I didn't really care. So, last week, Shane, did, did you uh, hear what we did? What you did personally or what tech did? No, what uh, <laughs> for the podcast last week. Oh, no. The last no. hour for our patrons was just us watching the curling match and talking about it. <laughs> And then and then when they would go to commercials for like four minutes, we would talk about the (laughs) pairwise. But that was pretty much only for our patrons. So very um, riveting content. It was very great. I I really I do want to send, I think I want to put up a poll to our patrons and ask them how many of them actually listened, because I don't get stats on our Patreon podcast on how much they listen and what they're listening to. Um but yeah, we uh, we did that for like an hour. So it was like a two-hour and 15-minute podcast last week. And I didn't really care because I didn't edit like the last hour. I just left it the way it was. But then my computer did not like saving the files because they were so much bigger than normal. <laughs> so that was not fun. <laughs> like waiting 10 minutes for it to process every time I did something. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. But uh, So yeah, we'll try and keep it a little shorter this week. So last weekend... Michigan Tech still had a chance at winning at least a share of the McNaughton Cup, and that all dried up on uh, Saturday evening, and uh, there's a big presentation down in Mankato. How was that experience? Were you at the game? I
3: was at yeah. the game. Actually, it was a very uh, – I mean, the presentation itself was very nice. Um, uh, Don Lucia was there, commissioner of the CCHA. They gave him the mic. I just don't remember seeing that in the last few years under the, in the old WCHA, where I I think, I think uh, the commissioner was there, but I don't recall them getting on him getting on a mic, but I could be wrong about that. Um, But
0: over the last few years, there were even points where Minnesota state could clinch it and it wasn't even in town.
3: Right. Yeah. Or the commissioner wasn't in town. I think the the trophy might've been because it had been in Mankato, but um, I don't know if the league ever, came and took it back i mean i seem to recall in the old WCHA that they would they would do that because you would hear stories about the league taking it back i don't know if they got get it polished or whatever but but then there was the year when minnesota won it at midgey but it was they tied with st cloud state and kind of hung on to the trophy or st cloud didn't have a chance to celebrate with it on the ice or something because minnesota had it was a kind of a bizarre
0: isn't that the
3: minivan story yeah because Patolny had it in the back of his minivan (laughs) yeah that sounds right it's a good story uh if i recall correctly when minnesota state had it and they shared it with tech i believe that it found its way to houghton going into that weekend minnesota state like understood the you know, they didn't hold back on it. I don't know how it got there, though. I'm not sure who drove it up, or for some reason, I thought someone told me they had to FedEx it, that someone didn't drive it up, like the commissioner didn't drive it up. But I, that, I, you know, I don't want to dis- disparage anybody, or I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I seem to recall something like that. But um, I don't know. Maybe you don't want it the back. Maybe that's safer than putting it in the back of someone's car, too. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to actually see a legit like trophy presentation and and like the fanfare they put behind it to to roll out like the red carpet on the ice and actually present it and all that stuff it was like I'm sad that it happened because I wanted to see it happen in Houghton one way or the other but uh, it was kind of nice to actually see them you know uh, give it the proper respect it deserves and and make it a big deal
3: yeah, there was a little bit more choreography to it than than in the past, even when Bill Robertson was on the ice, I we recall, like up in Bemidji, um, and just having Don Lucia present it to the captain, and then the captain took it over, I, I, it, it just seemed very nice, and, you know, Minnesota State's won that at Bemidji a couple of times, they won it at home last year in a COVID year when there were 250 people in the rink, Um You know, no one feels sorry for them winning it five times in a row, but I think for them, I think one year they won it or clinched it after, was it a tie with Tech at home? So it was kind of, well, they didn't, they got to celebrate with the cup, but it was also a little weird because it was a tie and just the math worked out that night. So, I mean, this was, this might've been the first time at home that it was one with a win, with a win, and they got to have a proper celebration.
0: Okay, yeah, because I mean, if you if if they hadn't won on Saturday, they still would have clinched a share based on the points Tech left at, in Fair State. So, right.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what they would have done. Then I'm sure they probably still would have done it. Uh, just would have felt having, different. <laughs> yeah, I remember having an argument, or it wasn't a bitter argument, but a discussion with I think it was with Dan Myers that year when they tied, and it was just kind of this weird. You know, meh, kind of ending, and then they had a, we got to celebrate a championship, and you know he thought like it was silly that they that they had a celebration. They should have just waited till the next night and the series was over. And I just thought, you know, it's it's a regular season championship. It's for the year. You don't win it. You didn't win it that night. It's not a playoff championship, right? So, um, you know, it still signifies the you know the 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 body of work that your, your team put together throughout the regular season. So, I mean, if you lose and celebrate, I mean, you're still going to celebrate because you, you won a championship, I guess.
1: But it is kind of a, going back to what you said, Tim, about the the red carpet and everything. It's just another sign that it, it outward facing the new conference. it, It just feels like they care more and it feels like they're doing a better job at branding themselves and, putting that extra effort in to do those kinds of things that we didn't see with the the old WCHA right i mean it,
2: yeah
0: i you know, think so
2: i think i mean i totally agree it's just it was sad to see the WCHA as such a historic league fizzle out the way that it did and just kind of feel like they kind of gave in to being a, a secondary or lesser product towards the end, and that I'm happy that's not a position the CCHA seems to be taking. They seem to be really passionate about making this like a very serious league, and still using the the small town aspect of all the towns to kind of be an advantage of the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the time has passed to rip on the old league, so I'm not going to do that. But I yeah, I think there's a lot of credit to be given to the management of the new league and the athletic directors that, you know, are enabling it by, you know, providing the support needed. Uh, the, I, I think the first year, you know, we have one one weekend left of the regular season and, and throughout this first year, I, I, I've been pretty impressed.
3: Yeah. I, you know, I would, I would liken it to, you know, without, you know, I don't want to rip on the old league either. I, I think, in fact, I, would say it's not even um, old league versus new league in terms of the old league didn't care, didn't do the right thing and that sort of thing. Um, when the outdoor game was played in Mankato and uh, the night before they had the alumni game and Troy Judding showed up and that was kind of a big surprise and everybody was very happy to see him. And, and um, a few of us were talking about his position and I'm sure that he looks at um what happened after he left and says, look at the one, look at the league change and maybe he would have been able to have more success in the new WCHA. Who knows? I mean, they could have gone Ferris's route too. I don't know. Um, Or they could have been as successful as they are now. Um, And then, but also look at the facilities upgrades that they got under Mike Hastings. Look at the um, sponsorship and uh, development support that they've received all of that really changed. But I think what happens is when there is a big change like that, when a coach gets fired and a new guy comes in, when an old league fizzles out and they create a new league, it's an opportunity to re-examine what you're doing or examine everything and decide how you want to go forward and decide what you want to be. Um, It's hard to do that, right? You know, it's hard to do that in your, you know, Hey, uh, tomorrow I'm going to start all over. I'm going to start my diet tomorrow or I'm going to do this or that. And, really you know it's hard to do but when there's that clean break and everything changes now you get a chance to really start over and I think that's what the CCHA did I I think they um, found a way to um, you know say like here's what we liked here's what we didn't like here's what we want to do going forward they made some good hires I think Don Lucia being a uh, a true hockey guy at the top I had a good t- chat with him on Saturday night we can talk about that too later um and also you know dominic really has done a you know first class job with all the video and the social media content and the highlights and um and then they got all the programs to buy in or forced them to or whatever <laughs> but it's work you know
1: it's funny it's funny that you use the the, the troy jutting to the hastings analogy because i feel like the, the argument that you just made is one that we've had internally about Jamie Russell <laughs> many yeah. times. If if he got the same institutional support and the same facilities upgrades and everything that Tech put into after left, Russell left, would he have been successful? Uh, it, it's kind of those one, you know, what ifs, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and especially for, I mean, to this day, if you ask Jamie Russell and he gives you an honest answer, he will tell you that he handed Mel Pearson, a great team on a silver platter with Piedola and Caro and that whole class coming in that Pearson couldn't have asked for a better situation. And then you pair that with the switch to the like the shuffling and the the, the ability to take that jump and go from being the seventh, eighth team in the old league to being second third in the new league is a big difference. Now the biggest thing you've seen for teams not named Minnesota state is they haven't been able to as much sustain the caliber of recruits. Like you get one or two, but I mean, we were just talking about uh, one of our discord guys has a subscription to neutral zone. Now, obviously that's one source, but you look at our recruiting classes and uh, like, I don't, it doesn't go back far enough to look at like the Mel stuff, but like Joe has one really good class, and then his last few classes have been like in the 50s. And I don't really blame Joe because he's looking for more role players around the senior class, and he's also had some really small classes the last couple of years that affect that. But like it's it's really hard for for the teams in the CCHA and and the previous iteration of the WCHA to get. Those blue chip players, or even that next tier of really, really solid four year guys.
1: The next, the next closest to Mankato, I think, has been Bemidji because they've been consistent. Right? It's very rare that Bemidji has a down year. Yep they're not They're not getting to that top of the league, but they 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 don't they're they're not up and down like a lot of the other teams are.
0: And one of Bemidji's bigger problems is they play a very tough non-conference schedule because of their proximity to some really good programs. So it can hurt the league if they don't do well enough in those games yet do really well in the league.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, one, I think Troy Johnny would say the same thing Jamie Russell said, you know, when he, uh, the team that he, that Mike Hastings inherited had, you know, Matt Leitner, Teddy Bluger coming in as a recruit, uh john paul lafontaine zach palmquist i mean (laughs) some of those guys ended up being all americans um but uh to your point about the recruiting and i don't know where minnesota state's classes fall into that i would guess they don't fall super high just because they they don't get those tier one guys they kind of have those older players um they have those guys that they think are diamonds in the rough that they who agree to play two years of junior hockey or more um i had i do a podcast for you know where i interview someone from minnesota state every week maverick hockey live podcast get it where you find your podcast um but i was talking to todd cannot the associate head coach and I asked him about their success in the last few years and how that's affected recruiting because he's he's the recruiting coordinator, and he said it's really hard to try to make sure that they maintain their philosophy when it comes to how they recruit because they are well known. They were in the Frozen Four last year. They've been the number one team in the country, going to the NCAA tournament multiple times or number, you know top five. Um, and you know, I'm sure it's tempting to start maybe looking at. Some blue chippers, and maybe some guys who are not yet drafted or um and they really haven't um veered from from that and and Todd said he got advice um from a coach out east now I can't remember who he said it was, who kind of told him like be careful, don't fall into that trap where you change your recruiting philosophy just because your your team is successful now, and more it, might, it might have
0: been Cam Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> 'cause he cause he did mention that when we had our uh zoom chat with him that like you like when they started to have that success at Lowell, it was really easy to start looking at the other kids that you were getting opportunities to, but then you kind of lose your identity if you if you veer too far off of that, yeah, and I do get that part of the problem uh for analyzing like a Joe Sean recruiting class is he's not looking for the same thing maybe that like neutral zone is when they're assessing how good somebody is because of the style he plays. Now, I would, wouldn't mind if he got a few more kids that had more of the Alex Batan style offense and maybe gave up a few more chances, but but that's not really the style he wants to play. And
1: I'm not looking for the best players, Craig. I'm looking for the right players.
0: <laughs> 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 yep. 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 So, yeah, it's it, it's been interesting. And speaking of recruits, we might as well talk about the, the Michigan Tech favorite. Tanner Edwards had a fun weekend, didn't he? Oh, I
1: love him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be – I mean, I've only seen him play a couple of times. He's only played four games. But um, for some reason, just knowing his history, I thought he was a bigger player than that. He's six foot. I mean, he's a solid – you know, size wise, but I just expect him to be, you know, kind of a bigger, uh, goonier player, but he's going to be a, a thorn in a lot of, a lot of teams sides. Uh, and I, you know, we'll see, we'll see if he, you know, is able to do that within a disciplined way of playing and not go to the box a lot because <laughs> in case things isn't going to tolerate that too much, but he had two really big hits that on Saturday night, um, I thought he got a little high on both of them. I was standing next to Don Lucia and we watched the replay of the first one. And he said, that was fine. He had no problem with that. Looked like a, just a good, hard hit, good, hard check. It's a physical game. It's supposed to be a contact sport. Uh, I was not by him when the other one happened. And, you know, that one looked like he got up at the guy's head and they gave him the five in the game, but um, yeah. And he played, you know, he was in the lineup. Uh, Ryan Sandlin was hurt. They kind of shuffled the lineup and, uh, uh, he got a chance to play. He hasn't played a ton. I thought maybe some. there's um, Brendan Olsen from Eau Claire has usually been the guy who comes in if uh, they have an extra forward to fill. Um, but uh, they, they went with uh, Tanner Edwards, and I don't know. I think a lot of people like what they saw for the most.
4: I like his stat line. It's pretty fantastic at this point because, like you said, he hasn't played that much, right? That one shot, one goal. Four four games played, one shot, one goal. Yeah, hundred percent on his shooting efficiency, and he's second in the team with penalty minutes at thirty four. <laughs> so, in that's, four that's, games, uh, in four wow. games, he's got thirty four. That's over five minutes a game worth average. There. That's
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
4: something that well, uh, misconduct,
1: misconduct, and <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean. So we, I mean, you've heard this. We heard that Joe was interested in him and was probably one of the last two or three teams in the hunt to get him. And I just remember looking at all the box scores going, like, I know he's got this, like, edge to him. But, like, geez, Joe, like, we, you pride yourself on being one of the least penalized teams in the country. Now, granted, we've slipped on that in the last couple weeks. But you really want a kid who's likely to get a misconduct, like, once every four games it seems like the way he like uh, the way he's played in juniors anyway and he's done it already he's already got a couple of them in his four games right wow I feel like
1: at this point you don't play Tanner Edwards unless uh, you know what you're getting right I mean he's going to go out there and potentially get you a misconduct but he's also going to give you the well that edge right he's going to play physical he's going to get under the other team's skin Mm. It's yeah, probably,
3: if he plays this weekend um, coming up or um, I assume they'll have Nathan Smith back. So that'll shuffle the line up a little bit, even if Sandlin's still out. So I, I would guess that he probably wouldn't play, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he will. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll rest some guys who are dinged up too. They don't want to, I mean, they certainly don't want to go up there and lose two games because they're second to the pair wise and they don't want to drop. And, but um so that's all important especially when you got to play St. Thomas the week after and no matter what you do you'll it's not going to help your pairwise number so
0: yeah that's what we've got the same issue with playing fair state again where it's like you yeah. uh, from Tech's pairwise perspective it, it it could really end up sucking that the semi final is a one game this year to not have two chances to beat a team that can actually help your rpi
3: yeah yeah
0: but we didn't do
4: ourselves any favors this weekend.
1: So but not to get into you know the depth of the pairwise, looking at some of the other results. We we you know we kind of did get lucky in that sure did. You know, some of the other teams that we were neck and neck with stumbled too. Yep. Massachusetts and St. Cloud and Duluth. And
0: and we're all it, rooting for somebody to win that game tomorrow, I guess. Probably Duluth, huh? They play St. Cloud to catch up on their schedule, unless you know the Blizzard postpones that one again. <laughs>
1: yeah i don't know who we would want to win that one but it probably doesn't really matter
0: just whoever wins it we want them to keep doing good and the other one not <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah,
2: shane let's talk about this mavericks team for a second i mean on the surface level there's not a whole whole lot that hasn't been said they're 21 three and two they've just got an absolute odd cast of characters on that team not the least of which being dryden mckay who at this point has a very strong case for being an an all-time ncaa player at that fact like is there is there anything you can tell us about this maverick team that isn't like abundantly clear you <laughs> know like they they've they've made they've they've made their presence on the national stage very no know, very known and i was just wondering if there was any more depth you could provide to
3: that so that's a really good question uh, because it, it seems like there's been a lot that's been said about them. And you look at Dryden McKay, a lot's been said about Nathan Smith. He's coming back from the Olympics. I, I just, I, th- I think what's interesting is that they, they really don't seem to have um, a real weak spot in terms of just, you know, they can roll four lines. They can mix and match their lines. Um Their PK was really good last week, and I know Bemidji in general has been struggling, but their PK was still up there, or their power play was still second in the country. I'm stunned that they swept Bemidji in four. You know that's that's. I had to go back. I can't remember what the year was. Now 09. Um, No, maybe it was 2012. Was the last time they swept Bemidji, and they'd only played a two game series that year, and not four. Um, I. You know, just, they seem to be, I think the confidence that they've added to their game this last month by not having Hastings going to Bowling Green, surviving a really physical first night where their goalie really bailed them out, where Dryden hasn't had to do that a ton, obviously, because that's one of the things that Richter voters, you know, for him, it seems like they're trying to find ways not to vote for him, so... Um, for him to have a couple moments where he's really bailed them out, I think has been important. The first 10 minutes of Saturday's game goes into that. Um, I know I'm kind of babbling and just trying to find ways to answer your question. Um, but that confidence to not have Nathan Smith for four games they win all four against Bowling Green and Bemidji, you don't have Hastings for two of those games. Um, Julian Napravnik really seems like he's fully healthy and going right now. Um, Brendan Furry is just a fun player to watch uh, I mean Ryan Sandlin's super fun to watch when he's healthy we'll see if he is this weekend I mean the fact that he's got 19 goals as um, is, is really big their defensive depth where they play seven guys most most nights their extra skater is a defenseman and they play all seven and they don't even it's not even like it's spot duty they um, the seventh guy's usually Bennett Molik, Reese Molik's brother, and he's been getting better and better as the season's gone on. So um, it's interesting to find them to be such a veteran team and watch their young and new guys get better as the season goes on too and fit into that, and that's really just made them rock solid throughout. How's that for a babbling stream of consciousness answer? That,
0: that
2: was that was better than I was expecting, honestly, because I I – would be chomping at the bit to find something to say about this Minnesota state team that hasn't already been said it's they just leave it all out there on the ice and are just a very impressive squad it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting matchup for us especially since we've we've been the beneficiary of some uh, some nice things going our way for instance just getting to overtime has been a huge deal this year and we've kind of had some tough times putting our foot down against some teams that we should be beating and we'll hang around in games against some of the top dogs. But the only win we have against somebody who's top 20 in pairwise right now is Clarkson. So it's going to be interesting to see how we match up at the end of the season with Minnesota state performing so well and us kind of hitting a weird wall to end the year.
3: It's hard. Like, I don't know what you can say about that, that Ferris trip. I mean, Minnesota State went there and split. They lost Friday night. Uh, Ferris seems better. They certainly have better goaltending than they've had in the last couple of years. Um, I remember talking to Harrison last year in the after the first round, and he said they'll be better next year. Um, I think they have been better. So, I mean, I think they're definitely tougher at home. Um, so to go there late in the season, I know with a lot on the line, I'm sure – yeah, still technically two wins, but to have to go to overtime and a shootout, I'm I'm sure that sometimes can be tough to swallow. I think that's the tough part about this league. Um, you know, there was a time in the old, old WCHA team would go to tech when tech would be, you know, lower team in the league. And people would still know it was a tougher place to play or, you know, except for maybe a couple of seasons or go to Anchorage or, or that sort of thing. Um, I think people go like, oh, you can't lose to St. Thomas. You can't lose to Ferris. You just you can't afford these losses. And you know, I think we all want that league to be better top to bottom, where hey, you go on the road, it's gonna to be tough no matter what. And and Ferris seems like they're kind of getting that back a little bit, which is you know ultimately good for the for the conference.
2: Yeah, I and definitely agree. I'm.
3: It's I'm better sorry to... one to
1: seven. Yeah, it's better one to seven, right? And St. Thomas will get there.
3: Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, we've
1: said it many times. I mean, this is always going to be a tough year for Saint Thomas they're yeah. they're going to get there.
0: Well, and and we were chatting with Harrison after the series on Discord and he was pointing out, you know, how many games how many non-conference games they had a goal or two goal lead in the third period and lost earlier this year with their young team like you know, I I flipped every game that Harrison mentioned, which is 4, which is a lot for Ferris. And just flipping those 4 games moved Tech to 8th in the pairwise. Like sure. that, you know, we all know that non-conference plays a big role. And you can see it like, you know, minute, what Fair State was up with 10 minutes to go, three nothing on Michigan State at home and loses in regulation, not even overtime. Um, but yeah, it's, and then back to Matt's point about uh, not having any quality wins except for Clarkson, it's hard to say. I mean, what we have five games in there, right? You got Notre Dame, two against Clarkson and two against Six Minnesota games. State.
1: Michigan. Yeah, one against Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. yeah, so
0: Michigan six games. So, yep. Yeah. So you got six games. You won one of them. It's not
1: tied two, one. Tied one. 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 Tied one tied one. Lost in overtime and one. Lost
2: yeah. in overtime, lost in overtime, and in overtime in two. In two. lost in overtime and no, two. No, not lost in overtime and two. It was lost. We lost by two both times, Minnesota State. But I think
1: they already no, we lost in overtime oh, against on.
0: Minnesota State. Hallinan and, should have won it with 15 seconds left. Remember?
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota State and Notre Dame were overtime
0: losses. Yeah, one was. Right away, and one was at the very end of overtime. Yeah, and that's
2: one of the things is that it's it's gonna be quick. I'm I am I am tough to be too optimistic or too tough on uh tech right now. And I really want to see all they do against Minnesota State this weekend because they don't have that quality win. They've been taken care of who they should for the most part, and yeah, there's a the whole deal about playing Ferris. I was live there and it's just you know, it's always an odd building to play in. There's just there was a whole bunch of plays where it was just what, what what even what even bounce was that just the small ice plays into it the small building plays into it it's it was just interesting all around and now I'm on my own kind of babbling tangent about how yeah. I just am
3: I mean well, I'll interrupt to, you yeah.
2: I think
1: I think we've got a bone to pick with Harrison too I think he jinxed us coming on <laughs> our podcast last week and telling us that that Blake Pietila was the best goalie in the league, better than Dryden McKay, and then, then and then Pietila when the last time he had a bad and game, it's... and then yeah. he goes and has
0: a bad game and gets pulled in the first period. So, yeah, the goal
2: yep. that he gave up to get pulled was really tough from behind the net, getting bounced off his skate. That's just not good. Yeah. <laughs> but... yeah, those
4: bank shots are they're rough on a goalie when you see that he's trying to get his foot to the post to cut it off. And
2: they are it perfectly
4: and... bounces in. And you know the guy that's shooting that is just, you know, is hoping for the lucky crap to have it go in, not expecting it to, right? And it, well, it pops in there. Plus the had, fluky, like, over-the-top floating goal we had as well. You know, it was there were two weekend, of those. So, we, right. We had, we had one. We, they had one. Yeah, 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 exactly. The other thing that's been impressive over the last couple of weeks is just Hastings' return, right? I mean – did he literally get off the plane and onto the bench how much time did he have off that's a big time change just go straight into you know <laughs> back to work
3: yeah he said it was a 30 hour travel day and he was right to, <laughs> to get on to, to be picked for the plane i don't think they had a lot of choices and i think a few of the athletes got out of there but most of them had to go through closing ceremonies so he was able to when he was able to get out and be on his bench and you know he was I mean, he was actually, he seemed like he was almost getting a little emotional talking about it, like to be, uh, you know, to be there for senior weekend and they're going to have more home games, obviously, but you know, that's, you know, that, that senior class and the two super seniors, I mean, that's, I think he felt it was pretty important to be around, you know, those guys for, for this, if he could, if they weren't playing for a medal. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool to see.
4: That's one of the things I'm looking forward to with the blue and luncheon on Friday. We're going to make sure we get back home in time for it. We're going back, back north. My brother and I,
0: you are, and, uh, you're going to leave that early. Yeah. Yep. I want I to go. It's through. Not, I suppose it's not quite as bad for you.
4: It's six a.m. It's early enough, Tim.
0: <laughs> I'm making my
4: brother drive. I'm not <laughs> I figured I
0: figured Beth Lynn was gonna do that, but she's not. But they're still probably gonna leave before I can, which sucks that I have to drive. Yeah, myself.
4: My, my brother's my brother's got work stuff that he can't leave until he can't leave Thursday night. So otherwise we just go up, you know, on Thursday night after work. But I'm looking forward to just hearing him talk about that experience too, you know, at the Blue Eye Luncheon. So yeah. It should be pretty neat. And, you know, you're talking about senior day. They're going to have to have basically like a full another period worth of time on the ice for the senior class this year for us. I think it's 10 guys. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's a big, big class. Well, it's the same super senior, you know, type thing. Right. Plus transfers. So right. you, you end up with with quite a few guys on the ice. there.
1: Any any chance we get a hint on in any of our seniors with an extra year of eligibility are coming back by them not skating on senior night. <laughs> or do you think they all
4: skate? I think they all skate either way,
1: yeah. especially
4: given this class. There's a lot of those guys that have that extra year of eligibility that um, my, my guess would be is they're playing hockey somewhere else next year.
1: I, I, my yeah. guess is most of them are, but I, yeah. I would be very surprised if there's not at least one that's coming back for a fifth year. Who knows who, which, I mean, you you don't know, but
4: there's, there's been some of those rumors, you know, we've, we've heard a couple of them about some folks coming back. Perhaps I don't hear,
1: I don't hear rumors because I'm not on your chat app that you guys use. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's some old school paint store rumors,
4: Dustin. Oh boy. (laughs) To bring back the the old UCHO, you know, how, how people heard about things rumor. That was just, that was
1: just Brandon.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, we have, we have new people working at the paint store, Dustin. Right really huh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that paint so, store huh.
0: there
4: there's been rumors of certain people coming back uh, but we'll have to see what what actually ends up happening there
1: a lot of it a lot of it could really depend on how the season ends
2: too
0: right yeah i, mean, I think so too yeah and agree. and then what kind of offers they get yeah not I mean, that if, we'll really know those but
2: yeah if you go on a deep run sometimes you're you're pro hockey stock goes way up and we'll see if anybody jumps on the opportunity to do that
1: it'll just be it'll be just my luck uh, they'll go on a deep run this year just as i'm getting arrested and thrown in a gulag in russia
4: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if an april work trip is something i'd be taking at this point i'd be looking at uh, you got the travel insurance on those tickets <laughs>
1: oh uh, that's not booked yet i haven't even sent i haven't even sure. sent out for a visa yet but getting excited for cold war ii electric boogaloo <laughs> fingers crossed that i don't have to go
0: you know just the other week i learned what that actually references
2: yeah it's like a stupid movie that was like it was yeah. the second one and they called it mm-hmm. electric boogaloo breakout was...
0: was it
3: breakout break in. Break in. i don't even break in yeah i believe i will show my age now break in um, two electric break boogaloo breaking break two electric boogaloo this this was uh two movies that uh highlighted the breakdance uh, craze of the 1980s nice <laughs> nice yeah that was the, the other
2: the other way you could go about it is you could call it the squeak like Alvin and the chipmunks but i two Die, hard to, so that Die harder movie was, was my favorite
4: that movie was released in 1984 it looks like shane you're definitely showing some age there i don't know with, with the way
2: u.s russia relations seem to go every you know 30 or so years we should probably just start giving them like fast and furious titles
3: you know see showing their age because the correct the correct movie to franchise to say there was rocky and you went with fast and furious. so once again right. <laughs> rocky 4 was actually a cold war movie oh yeah <laughs> right <laughs>
0: Rocky 5 plus Rocky 2 equals Rocky 7.
3: Adrian's revenge. Rocky 4 ended the Cold War, I believe. (laughs) That movie actually ended the Cold War. I think that's accurate.
0: So it was Sylvester Stallone, not Reagan, right?
3: That's right. right. Rocky, specifically the fictional character of Rocky. That's the (laughs) the world I choose to live in, anyway. All right. (laughs)
0: What do we think is going to happen this weekend?
4: The love of the pairwise, I hope for a split <laughs> at least, which well, will
0: still drop think, our RPI. Yeah, I, but I no.
4: it's it's better than losing twice. Yeah, that's
0: true. That's very true. <laughs>
2: which is what I think is going to happen. I think we got two overtime losses.
0: Well, that's not that's not what Rob's saying, Matt. Well, I'm yeah, just I've, well, I'm, no.
4: I I I think they've shown most of the time this year they play to the level of their opponent,
1: right? Over the overtime games, losses aren't aren't bad for Tech at this point. The games, the games
4: in Mankato were close games. They weren't like they were bad games. I don't. I just wish we'd play you know the cutthroat kick everybody's ass style Mankato does when you play against the lower teams. No, instead but that, of I mean, having that's, to get that's, geared that's, up for them.
0: That's what we said. Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know if I had it on the podcast yet, but in the Discord chat, I definitely brought up the fact that uh, I finally got a chance to analyze the expected goals on the Instat. And the two games against Minnesota State were essentially ties, according to expected goals. Right. So it's they're very evenly matched when they play, and for whatever reason, Michigan Tech can't uh, beat the piss out of everybody else quite as much as Minnesota State can. Just Northern. Oh (laughs) my God, that's
4: still one of my favorite
2: games
1: Northern who has seen in a while. Northern that was basically
2: (laughs) walking with one leg.
1: Oh no, we definitely did it when they were. Healthy too. Don't care.
0: <laughs> don't care. Doesn't matter. Just yep. just like it. It didn't matter that we tied Michigan without how many of their favorite players.
2: Oh no, they only have like three first round draft picks instead of seven or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean they still swept. did they just sweep Ohio State with missing the same players for the Olympics? So
0: they haven't. Yep. They haven't lost. I don't think since. Uh, yeah. Since losing their players for the Olympics.
1: Right.
3: So that's the same team that tech played them so yeah whatever well and i think if i I'm, I'm trying to look up maybe you guys have minnesota states schedule in front of you as i as i try to look it up if i if i recall correctly now i will pull this up
4: there's a lot of w's on it which ones do you want to know about
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> or are we gonna talk about the loss of ferris or northern
3: well, so that's it. I think that was my question. I think uh, there every time they've gone to Michigan this year, they've lost Friday night. So get your win Friday because yeah, they, you're uh, you're not wrong. Mark, had, actually, you yes, that's at Big Rapids.
4: Yeah, every every Friday night travel night to Michigan has been yeah. a loss.
3: Okay, yep. well, the well, real go. state
2: of hockey. That we'll makes we'll sense. take it then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's that's actually pretty and impressive. Yeah, and it's going to be Friday. Um, and, you know, and that wouldn't surprise me. Maybe a little letdown from last weekend. Um, all, I, but also McKay's playing pretty pretty hot right now. I mean, he hasn't had a shutout in a while, but he's um, – Yeah, in three games. But it's true. I take
4: that back. <laughs> 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 Shit, you went a weekend without one, Shane.
3: However, <laughs> will you survive? <laughs> I kind of forgot about the second Arizona State. I was in Palm Springs that night. I missed that game. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, darn, Palm Springs. He really
3: you know, he, he was, like I said, he was really good against uh, the, the first night at, at Bowling Green, a game that Todd Connaught told me they he thought they – probably deserved to lose or maybe bowling green deserved to win deserved a little better fate. Um, and then the first 10 minutes Saturday, I mean, Bemidji was out shooting them eight to one after 10 minutes and with a couple grade a chances with some big time saves. Um, and then MSU scored and then it was, uh, You know, game over. And then, if you look at everything else, you
0: go. Was the first goal the one that was on the delayed penalty, and then they got the power play too, or was that the second and third?
3: Uh, That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That could be a big swing. Yeah. And you that was also that was the Saturday game was the one you tweeted out saying like this feels like one of those games where if Bemidji you don't want Bemidji to score first.
3: Yeah, just you never want you never want Bemidji to score first. Yeah, right. Then, every, then they go one. into that trappy crap that you no one can
4: move the puck anywhere.
0: Yeah, we had a good joke or a good laugh with their play-by-play guy talking. About, he was talking about having time for questions. I'm like, what? When Bemidji gets a lead, you got plenty of time for questions. They they ice it every couple minutes, so you're good.
3: They don't they don't like to hear that though. They don't, <laughs> they don't like speaking the truth about that, I, 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 and I know that firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he did. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he really appreciated that comment too much.
4: But. Well, that's, I mean, just look at. I'm, I'm. looking at your guys' schedule now that you, you you have suggested pulling it up. And in in 2000 in, in the new year since January, right? You guys have had five games only where you've scored less than five goals. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of scoring.
3: My favorite, I mean, my favorite stat about their scoring this year is they've had, which it's, it's amazing because it, they are actually pretty rare when you when you look at it, but they've had five hat-tricks this season. Um, and uh, and Nathan Smith, Julian Napravnik, and Ryan Sandlin, none of them have a hat-trick. They're all from five other it guys. Got, it's it's <laughs> the other guys. Yeah, that that's yeah, secondary that's,
4: score. It, is that really a secondary scoring when it's a hat-trick at that point?
3: You know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> including a defenseman, Wyatt at having uh, a hat trick. And it's just uh, – I love that stat because I just – Yeah, that's fantastic. You have the two guys who – you know, one guy's got 19 goals and two guys have 41 points, and they're not your hat trick guys, so.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys don't go more than two weeks without putting up a five spot on somebody, it seems, so – you did it to Bemidji. You have know, had three games in a row with five goals. So hopefully now it's time to slide a little bit, be a little lazy. That <laughs> last week, of, that last week of the of the season it doesn't matter that much anymore, right?
0: <laughs> I just I just want to see Tanner Edwards live and in person, and then have him take a major <laughs> game misconduct <laughs> and I'll score a couple goals on it, and and, and you know, win the game.
1: I've thought that every time when I see oh Tech's get getting a five minute major, I'm like yes, this is there a chance to score. I scored three goals against St. Thomas, you know, I got a five minute major and then St. Thomas kills the whole thing off.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: See what I think would be funny is Dustin's still hoping that, uh, Tanner Edwards enters the transfer portal and comes attack. That's still his, his dream. <laughs> so I kind of want to see him take a major and I wonder who it's going to be on and the severity of it to see if that causes any kind of a rift. If that happens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i don't think he's transferring but yeah
2: i don't either but that's that's why it's still a big if but if it's if it's a big time major it would be kind of funny we're running out of steam tim
0: i know well i don't you guys think anything else you want to talk to shane about all i really want to talk about besides that is
3: uh is the joe show that's about it
2: No, i think we're good i think we had a great conversation
3: i love it guys i appreciate you letting me join in and babble for a few long answers to long
0: (laughs) oh that's good we we bring you on to talk we like it when the guests don't feel like we're having to pull your teeth out to get you to answer questions so
2: all right. Well, I think we've kept sharing long enough. <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: he tried yeah. to leave once before I went into my history spiel. We've, we've got
2: to have a Midwest goodbye without, you know, we can't just end it without yeah, one. just
4: slap your knee a couple of times. Say you ought to get going. And uh, yeah.
2: Time to head out.
3: You know, the beer. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. and uh, Always enjoy it. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, We'll see you uh, in a few weeks down in Mankato. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. That would be nice. That would be nice. Shane. Bye. All
1: right.
0: right. So really only two things I want to touch on. We had one question posed to us on Discord. Somebody wanted to know what happened to Matt Corsia. Um, You went away. He went away. He went away. And and I think I think the simplest answer we don't have an answer from Joe, which I'm, as pointed out, I am kind of amazed that Joe didn't get asked a question about it on the show this week.
4: I can accidentally do that on Friday.
0: Well, and but I don't know I don't know if that was a question that Dirk, you know, purposely chose to avoid, or or if it just wasn't asked for some reason, or everybody kind of thought it would get asked, so nobody asked it kind of thing. I think the simplest answer is a guy Which transferred here to play and isn't playing. So he transferred somewhere to play. I think it's I think pretty that's simple. that's probably accurate. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up. Well, he played. Was he, a, he was a grad transfer, right? So he, right. He's, he's got, yeah. he could have played. I think he could have played next year for tech. This is his fourth year in college. So he could have played next year. Um, Not that I would have expected him to or anything, but just so I went back and looked up his what games he played in. He played five of six games in October, four of eight in November, five of six in December, none in January out of four and one out of six in February. So he's played one of the last 10 games. And in that game, he scored a goal. Dirk tried to compliment him when Joe came up to talk after the game. And Joe kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but he basically said like, that's great that Matt got a goal, but he gave up a goal and took a dumb penalty is basically what I heard in the post game. And uh, that's probably the most critical I've heard him of a specific player named. Like, I think he's had moments where he's talked about situations and you can figure out who it is if you want to go figure it out, but like getting point blank asked about Matt playing a good game because he got a goal and, and Joe basically saying, yeah, he got a goal, but he cost us one. So he's even on the night. That's not good enough kind of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing that might've played into it too, but that was his first game since um, I think he his game the last game he played before that was against Michigan. So it's, uh and I had, I had seen on instead it said he had 10 airs leading to goals, but I looked that up and all 10 of them were when he was at, uh, in Boston, not at Tech. So um, I, I, I think it's just a matter of a guy came here as an upperclassman, expected to play more, lost his spot in December and got his chance and ended up in the doghouse after it probably and just decided he's going to go play. He got a chance to go to Wheeling and went to Wheeling. I don't think yeah, there's much more to it.
2: Yeah. Doesn't he have a degree in hand too?
0: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm, yeah so, I mean, it kind of gets to a point where you got to shoot your shot at the big, at the big leagues, I suppose. I mean, it, it the timing of it does seem kind of weird with tech having a good season. He might not have been playing that much in there, but be interesting to see if his stock could have gone up anymore. But with that said, it can also be kind of tough to do that uh, starting next year. So I don't, I don't know. I don't blame him. It's just uh. It's an interesting thing, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um. Anything else from the Joe Show, Matt? Not nothing
2: that really caught my attention. It was I just thought it was another great kind of off a cuff show where you got to hear his uh, talkings about the weekend. I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, he seemed to reflect on the Ferris series uh, overwhelmingly positively. Because
0: I don't, I don't think he's happy with the results. I think he's happy that the team got put in the spot they did and they responded
2: okay yeah that's
0: the way I look at I look at it as he's taking the fact that we got put in the corner and we fought our way out of it and tied a game that we were behind in late you know going into the third period down two goals and we find a way not to lose that game that's 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 a nice step Uh, it's a nice building block to get the team into a playoff mindset I think is the way he's looking at it. I'm yeah, sure he's not that's... happy that they didn't win both games and didn't play the best, but he's happy that they finished in their best shape.
2: Sure. And I think that's a healthy way to look at it, but I just thought it was interesting that he didn't ever outwardly say like either game maybe could have been a better effort. Like it was. Cause I think I, I hear what you're saying and I think that's a great way to kind of interpret what he's saying in yeah. terms of.
0: No I do yeah, think there got... was some more I think there was more of uh, like I feel like he was giving them some of somewhat of a pass because they were still in a funk from their playing all their games and all that stuff. I think that that might be the other part of it that you're you were hearing um yeah, and
2: I was also at work and in a meeting during the second half of that, so I might yeah. have missed some of that yeah.
1: <laughs> and if piano has a bad game. It's kind of hard to crap on a guy that's been rock, rock solid, solid the yeah. entire season. <laughs> yeah, yeah it happened to just have a bad game. Finally, the second to last weekend of the year, right? I mean, yeah. And yeah.
2: what was tough for me is live. I was thinking to myself, I was like, huh, Sinclair's looking pretty sharp tonight." And that was right when that like uh, leaker went through his legs. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and even still, he did. He did end up finishing that game pretty solidly. But it just kind of sucked that as soon as I was feeling that way, that was the the goal that went in.
0: Yeah. No, it wasn't like I think I think I can see Joe taking a lot of positives, you know. Sinclair actually got some quality time versus compared to playing a hobbled Garbage northern team northern, that yeah. didn't have much to play for at that point, other than pride, and they were hobbled and tired and hurting and everything else. So nice to see him get some quality opportunities and 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 then show up in the shootout too. <laughs> Although some of that was ferris missing the net and hitting what two pipes but and then the other thing i thought was really interesting was one week after joe invested so much time in explaining that winning winter carnival was the was the important thing um uh dirk asked some question i think it was about like you know is it nice having like second place locked up and joe answer was basically that was like that doesn't matter we're trying to win a national championship.
2: Yeah, that was that was cool to hear and it was also but I, he also did kind of take a quick victory lap and saying that this is the best league finish they've had in his tenure here. It is. Which yeah. is which is I mean I mean again great news, which is one of the things that kind of bums me out when things get so negative in our discord is sometimes you do have to take that step back and realize that this is This is along the line of progress that we're on, and it's it's the right way.
0: Well, when we were talking at one point, you and I in text kind of uh, having our little moment there where we were chatting outside of Discord because we were kind of sick of Discord. um, You were talking, I think, about being happy with like home ice, and I was not going to be happy with just home ice this year because this team is... Too good second round home ice to be happy yeah we need second round home yeah yeah no i I, like i i was not gonna be happy if we finish fourth this year i'm just not this team should be right where it is this This is is this is is literally this is literally like four points away from what we wanted i wanted to be going into this weekend playing minnesota state who was number one with a chance to still win a share of the cup and we almost did it
1: This is the team that for three years, we have been saying 2021, that's the team that we're going to be able to compete with.
0: Yeah. And we we, looked at the
1: senior class when they were freshmen. And we said, when they are seniors, this is going to be a good team.
0: And we lucked out on getting to still have Missyak to be that spark plug with those seniors uh, as basically the, the only guy that stuck around, I guess the Sinclair fall under that category too, of being a guy that stayed for his I COVID think so. year, yeah I um think so. but yeah i mean i think it's great that they're going into this weekend locked up number two they guaranteed themselves two rounds of home games with with uh if they manage to win both all it takes is minnesota state losing to somebody to to uh to host the championship like they did against bowling green not as the number one so um it'll be interesting to see what they do but uh like I am I am gonna be quite happy with this team if they find a way to make it to the final and find a way and I think if they make the final they're in the NCAs regardless of all their I terms. would agree
1: with that, yeah. no. Yeah. If they, if they if they'd make the final, I would be a lot of bad has to go wrong to to not be in the tournament. Yeah.
0: So 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 this was one clarification that I did get. So I asked Kevin Langseth point blank because there were some questions about this so if the three-on-three three goal that tech scored, or that that fair state scored was actually a power play goal that was the penalty that was caused by catara his 10-minute misconduct starts the moment the goal was scored the moment right, his two-minute minor gets canceled by a goal Yep. if his minor gets cancelled by a goal the guy serving it comes out of the box and his 10 minute misconduct starts he doesn't have to sit 12 minutes no matter what he sits however long that penalty was on the board plus 10 but um, I thought it was 12 myself that was what I, I thought it was 12 no matter what because the the guy serving it's the only one that comes out early you don't come out early because but but that was a clarification that uh, I actually laughed because i I got a response from. Our friend Shep first, and I might have worded it more poorly to him than I did um, to Kevin and got a, a slightly different answer where he thought it was the twelve, but I think I worded it worse to Derek because that was on Facebook Messenger versus like in a nice email where I broke it out into like paragraphs, so yeah, that's just a weird thing it's it's such a weird the whole thing is weird because tech scores shorthanded on a delayed penalty, which in any other level means it's just still a power a power play for Ferris, but they get then it goes down to three on three, but then Ferris scores anyway because we suck three on three. Um it was just a really weird thing to see, you know, four penalties call called in under two minutes and two on each side like that. Well, five penalties technically with the misconduct. But yeah, that was such a weird thing. And then tech just could not get their power play to do anything on Friday. That was really weird to see them struggle so much on the power play. It felt like on
4: Friday that the, the passes on the power play were just far enough off that you weren't yeah. getting a one timer and you weren't getting a quick shot. When you finally got that cross ice opportunity, it was behind or in the feet and you, they just couldn't get that quick shot that you've seen all year. When, when it goes across the ice from one side to the other, and you got the goalie moving, getting that shot quickly is what makes the power play successful. And they just were in the wrong spot. That, that guy on the weak side was was diving to control the puck, or was fighting to get it out of his skates instead of getting a yeah. quick shot off, and you could see that struggle on most of the power
1: plays.
0: Yeah, and it, it yeah, it's totally true that that's how it felt. That that's how it feels on any night where where we where where it's so hard because I don't like I am positive the. Much like Twitter is not a representation of the real world, I don't think Discord is a representation of the fan base as a whole. Would you just imagine? <laughs> no. It's,
4: it's but, the rabid folks that are actually going to be texting
0: other rabid folks during the game. <laughs> I know, but, but even then, it's like,
2: like, there's rabid folks that don't see the first goal and think shit, there goes the natty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys really aren't selling it. You complain that I'm not on this thing. And Dustin, it is good for really your mental health. It is, not it is, on it on is, you're not selling it. You're, you're Honestly, not making Dustin, me want to go I, sign up
0: for it. I really like being on there, you know, like six and a half days a week. It's the ha- the quarter days where we have games that it's like and, and they're not good. to be the most I useful i agree yeah.
2: days when 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 the puck is not on the ice and the players are not in uniform but that is a fantastic group of like-minded individuals no, it's nice a, to, it's nice to have with. a
0: chat about the recruits it's nice to have a chat with Harrison about other things it's nice to have a chat about well, and i will the, say how, like in there? reflection how things are yeah
4: The I would say one thing, and you know, if Harrison is still listening by this point, (laughs) his explanation of why the clock is the way it is, the struggles they have at Evigleben with all of that fun in running the clock, running the shots, uh, getting to see that you know behind the scenes explanation is something we wouldn't have if it wasn't for Discord and the relationships that we've got around the league because of, you know, Tech Hockey Guide, the podcast, and talking to folks, right? Yep, So that's true. It's, it's real neat to have be able to have that conversation with folks and know those back-end reasons rather than just going, well, this is the stupidest thing we've ever seen. Their yeah. arena is crap. Well, they're doing structural engineering studies to determine what they can actually get in place to fix the problem, and the league gave them a solution that they were told was going to work that it turns out their stuff's just that old that they still can't do it.
0: Yep. So you know, basically, so, uh, the the video feed in Fair State, the the game clock that we see on the screen is not the game clock of the game. I yeah, don't know why they don't choose to it. just put a put a camera on it. I and, think
4: they used to, but I have a yeah. feeling that with the new scorebud that doesn't work. So Scorebug, whatever you whatever yeah. the production words are for, they they used right. to do that. I believe it was yep. a camera pointed yeah. at the at their Cause, before because
0: that was because the whole reason a lot of this came up was the box score from Friday night was all messed up around yeah. that 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 the, all those penalties that happened five minutes into the game or whatever because um, you know, Buckley wasn't getting credit for a shorthanded goal. The penalty that was delayed wasn't showing up in the box score to be at the same time as the Buckley goal. and it was like, wh- why is this like this? And then I'm watching the replay of the video try and figure out when it actually should be. And the clock on the video is showing uh, um, something in two seconds left in a minute or what was it? Whatever it was, it was like, but the clock kept running after the goal was scored. And I'm like, why is the clock still running here? And then Ferris or Harrison went on to explain Ferris. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison went on to explain that. Like the clock you see is not, not the same clock. Um, like it's manual compared to this it's separate from the scoreboard. And then uh, also that uh, like the, that's why they don't show the penalties, like the the time left on a penalty and all that stuff. Um, right. And hopefully they, they get that figured out here in the off season. So next year, it, it sounds like
4: the, the hope is by next year, it should be better. Yeah. And
0: hopefully it does happen, but they're going through some other major renovations in that building and expansions, not necessarily like, nothing related to the 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 Arena, game day experience space. for yeah. the, for the fans but the like the player stuff the locker rooms and then adding like a place for volleyball and stuff that's that there's a lot going on there so the contractors doing that work don't have time to do the scoreboard stuff right now not that i i don't blame them for not getting it done in season when you're talking about replacing a scoreboard but do you have fantasy dustin I do, I do oh, I have fantasy. We right, brought well, that you up a it. while ago, so we didn't waste like 40 minutes before we got to it. All right, we've got a really,
1: really fun fantasy for you guys all this right, week. Let, all right, let's, all right. let's do it. Let's do let's it. Do all recap. Do fantasy. Recap, get out Recap. Of here. Recap. Um, I got skunked. Week, I think Tim got skunked. Uh, the ghost got one point, so that's mm-hmm. not too bad for us. Uh, Matt and I tied for winning the week at four points. And oh, I was Rob hoping
3: you said woo-hoo. you going
4: to say you tied behind me.
1: Rob came um, in with three.
4: Well, that's, that's respectable.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Does that All mean right.
4: that uh, Matt's in Final Jeopardy
1: yet? I think I'm tied uh, with the ghost. No, you have jumped <laughs> the ghost. You've jumped oh, the ghost. He you is are... not a
4: shark. It's a good thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: All right. Last week of the regular season, and um, I'm going to go a little outside the box on this one, guys. Okay. The theme this week is General Mayhem. All five <laughs> players from the Tech Mankato series. And I'm <laughs> oh, only, no. <laughs> and I'm only doing this because I'm picking last, so no one can accuse me of stacking the deck in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God. first, for Michigan Tech, Brian Hallinan. Hallinan has emerged as a potential legit contender for the Hobie Baker Award and is second in the nation in scoring. He has 20 goals and 22 assists so far this season. Second from Mankato, also a Hobie contender, Nathan Nathan Smith. Did did uh, did Shane confirm he's back? He said that he expects him to play and expect okay. him, expects him to be back. Yes.
4: So there's a slight Tiny risk factor with him as the pick.
1: There could be a risk factor, and if he doesn't play, you got to you got to count that in. Well, that's a known factor. Yep, okay. I agree that
4: that's not a. You get the ghost pick or something. You get the yep. zero.
1: Yep, that's a that's something you got to count in. Smith will be in his first games back after competing for Team USA in Beijing. He has 15 goals and 26 assists on the season. Third from Michigan Tech the team's second leading scorer Trenton Bliss Bliss has 11 goals and 24 assists this season.
0: Do we get points for penalties for faceoff violations or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're not going to change the rules for
1: that. <laughs> Fourth from Mankato Mankato's leading scoring defenseman Jake Livingstone Despite playing the blue line, Livingstone has put up big numbers. He has nine goals and 17 assists this season. And just because I said it's mayhem, lastly from Mankato, Matt's favorite goalie, Dryden McKay.
4: Oh, mayhem. I see how it is. You're not even picking the same category
2: for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to guess. Strategy, guys. (laughs) Strategy.
4: No, Naprovnik. Okay. That's no. that's who I had fourth on my list of who he was going no to
1: pick. <laughs> no, Novak. No, Novak. So there's strategy here. Do you want to try to take a chance at the goalie and trying to get shutouts, or? Mm-hmm. Um. So Dryden McKay. Yes, we're tossing a goalie into the mix just to mess everything up. McKay <laughs> is one of the two most successful goalies in NCAA history. He has more shutouts than anyone ever. And remember, shutouts are worth a ton in fantasy college hockey. He this is where all, the ghost passed us all. <laughs> he has a 1.26 goals against average and a 9.34 save percentage this season. The order is Matt, Tim, Rob, Dustin. Howlin' and
2: put it on the shelf! <laughs>
0: Damn it. Aww.
2: What do you mean, Tim? You knew that's who I was picking. <laughs> I know.
0: Well, I didn't want to be sink it where I get to like pick from the rest of this potpourri.
3: <laughs> the well, I, I told That's you it was going to be fun. I it's a
4: purpuri at this point, right? Purple <laughs> oh my God. Oh,
0: mm. <laughs> I'm going to pick McKay because then I'll be happy no matter what happens this weekend.
1: <laughs> All right. Tim, Tim's got McKay.
4: <sighs> I'm struggling to go Homer or not here. And I think I'm going to have to go Homer, Homer, because Bliss is from Appleton. So I'll go double homer and pick, Appleton, pick, pick Appleton's bliss. I played broomball on the rink. He played as a little kid. Okay.
1: Oh, I did not think I'd have, a, have to pick on, pick Smith or not.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fact that he may not play makes this super interesting
1: because you know he's going to have points if he plays. I think he's going to play. I'm going to pick Smith because I think he's going to play.
0: Okay, and Dustin, the- when you wrote this up, where did you think McKay would go?
1: I if I would have actually put the thought into it, I would have guessed that you would have picked him. Okay. I I mean, it's as predictable as ever that Matt was going to pick Hallinan. Well, so. I, but okay, well, How, how many how, how many Allen of those guys?
0: Of how many of those guys
1: have? I would have taken McKay first over Hallen.
0: One minute remaining in the podcast. Wrap it up, yo. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreoncom guide. Patrons at our white level or above get access to the quarterly Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, and more. And access to the Instat heavy analytical articles coming soon or early access. Patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. And we've got a couple other tiers above that that you'll get earlier access to uh, unedited video or audio files and then discounts on jersey orders. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on Patreon when we do our call for questions, uh, usually on Sunday or Monday. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you rate, uh, the more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, we're getting. We're going to try something new this year we get a five-star rating and review, Dustin will read the review live on the podcast. Uh, So let's see what you guys have to say. Give us those five stars. Uh, Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Fibkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our new introduction and our patron Saint, Doc McBreson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankunotes.bandcamp.com.